You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm an executive pastor of Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. So we have been, we have, we are finally coming to the end of what has been for us a very full summer. Uh huh. Lots of stuff going on, but we have not had an episode in a few weeks, and uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have just some like regular, some regular, yeah, yeah. some precedented times. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been hanging on to that hope for three years now. Mm-hmm. But um, if you happen, some might say we're in the endemic. Oh yeah, no, oh, let's not go back to oh, that. Geez. So we uh, a couple weeks ago posted about um, a big transition in the life of our own church and ministry, which mm-hmm. is that we we have gone from what has been the last four years of uh, Ridgeline Church to truly replanting the whole thing, yeah, and coming back now as Formation Church. Yep. And uh, so we're gonna do a series. Uh, over the next, uh, we don't have a number in mind, mm-hmm. but the next. You're really focused on being able to on communicate the number. Yeah, yeah. I, I just said like it just gets, it helps me. Until we're done with it. Yes, until we will we're be, done with yeah. it. This is going to be the endless series, mm-hmm. but we're really going to work hard to walk through step by step what we are doing every single week, specifically with our core group Yep. in how we're going about um, relaunching this yeah, whole thing. for sure. And so here's a question I know both of us have gotten a lot, mm-hmm. and I think it's worth us just spending some time talking about it before next week when we really do start to talk about, all right, week one with these people. Yeah. What did we actually do? <laughs> we're we're going to start that next week. But, mm-hmm. but first I had this, so this is why it's fresh on my mind. Last week I was in Ashland, Ohio, uh, at my last uh, in-person residency as a part of the, um, spiritual formation and spiritual direction program that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was sitting with a friend who's also a part of the program. He knows about what we're doing um, and heard that we're moving from being Ridgeline to being Formation. And mm-hmm. I appreciated he was not being like antagonistic. He wasn't trying to be cynical, but he, he asked me, he's like, he said, I have seen a lot of churches like apparently do something like this, sure. you know, where they've changed their name, whatever. He's like, but how is what you guys are doing d- like not just a rebranding for marketing purposes? Which yeah. I think is a fair question yeah. because a lot, like he has seen, I have seen, you have seen, we've all seen a lot of people that are just like, we're going to change our name, we're going to get a new logo, and a we're going to get a new website, mm-hmm. and that's We've done gonna, all that. Yeah, we've so done fair. We've done all those the things. The only difference is oftentimes that is paired with like some some form or the entire denominational name is like loaded into your church name, uh, yeah, like the town name, and then... Baptist world, 
yeah. Methodist United yeah. togetherness is in there and you wanted to like zhuzh it up a little. Yeah. And I, I'm, I've even like, I had somebody on social media mm-hmm. message me a couple of weeks ago and ask like, how, when do you think it's necessary to change the name of your church? Sure. When I gave some answers, like when the name of your church is toxic in the community, Sure. you know, like if mm-hmm. there's been an, an old season in which there was poor toxic leadership and now the yep. name is poisonous, yep. it's time for a rebrand for yeah. sure. Um, and so there's a bunch of different reasons, but more than anything, I think that what has happened over these last few years has been, I mean, I, as we just joked about this, but really in our generation, generation is unprecedented. Yeah. And I still feel like there is a huge majority of the population in general, the Christian leadership population in particular, that just wants to be like, all right, let's turn the page on that and move on as if that didn't happen. Sure. But it did. Yep. (laughs) And we are living in the wake of what did happen. And so as a result of that, we have to pay attention to the signs of what has actually happened so that we can figure out how to actually move forward in all of our churches. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so... As we've talked, I mean, this is pretty much the only thing we talk about, but as we've talked about some of the things that we have experienced and that we've seen, as I've talked to pastor friends, as you've talked to pastors through my XP, we've seen that there's a ton of commonality between what we have experienced in our church and what churches are experiencing all over the place. So let's just spend a few minutes this afternoon talking about some of the signs that we were seeing and still are seeing. And the really, these are all the things that we're trying to reset through this. Because we have, like I will say, in our defense, this is not just like a lipsticking of the pig. Like no. we have, we have, I described it to my spiritual director the other day as like, we have torn this sucker down to the studs. Oh, yeah. Like the whole thing. It's sure. not just that we articulate, like we have a completely different vision and yeah, mainly vision, like our vision for what it is that who we are, what it is we're trying to do is just very different than what it was when we started Ridgeline four years ago. Totally. And I think, I mean, even thinking about that metaphor, like tearing it down to the studs, I'm in the middle of uh, like getting a new build condo. Yeah. And I've been so excited for this four-way walkthrough. And it's this walkthrough before they put anything on the wall so you can see like the workmanship in the walls and Mm -hmm. take pictures and stuff in case you ever have to do work. And I will tell you, um, I've been very excited because it's been a very long time coming. And it was horribly anticlimactic. You want to know why? (laughs) No walls. Because when all that's there is the studs, there's very little left. Yeah. We walked in and he looked around and he's like, so um, any questions? And I was like... (laughs) What questions do people usually ask? Like I did. <laughs> what I kind like, of wood you using? Yeah, I was like, all right, well, um, what amps are going to that one? <laughs> He's like, well, amps. well, that's that's for your cable, so <laughs> hopefully none. But anyway, but no, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great example because truly, I mean, everything's on the table, right? Not the truth of right. Jesus and and God and all of that. Yeah. Everything else. Everything else. Everything. Yeah. And there is a div, like uh, using the, the construction metaphor, like there are people like, I mean, we, we just moved. I actually, yesterday was the one year anniversary of our being in our new home. Oh, wow. And, uh, so for the full four years before that, we were always sort of intermittently looking at homes because mm-hmm. we were like five of us in a town home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and we, and here in Salt Lake, you know, there's been a, a just a huge, there's a, was a bunch of old homes 
and with the all of the people who have moved here, flipping homes has just been huge. Yeah. And we looked at a bunch of those. And what we saw, by and large, over and over again with these flipped homes was people had put new cabinets up, like put mm-hmm. a new fridge in, put new flooring down. Yeah. But again, everything else, like as you did an inspection or whatever, you're like, this is a million year old house that has like new cabinets from Ikea. Yeah. It's the definition of lipsticking the pig. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that I feel like is what, that is one approach. Like sometimes you just, that, but that is, if everything is exactly the same and you just change your name, logo and website, that's mm-hmm. what you've done. Yeah. You've just like done this very, and I'm not even being critical of that. Like sometimes for a number of reasons, that might be what you need to do. Sure. But that is very different. I think as people will come to learn as they hear our process, that is very different than what we're doing. Totally. Like we canceled Sunday services. We are meeting as a core group on Sunday afternoons, training people mm-hmm. the same way that we would if we had just moved here. Absolutely. And that is a much, I mean, bolder move than just lipsticking the pig. Yeah. So- Let's get back to some of these signs that we saw yeah. and still seeing or paying attention to. And why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yeah. I mean, I think the first one is people are pa- placing a far less value on the priority of church. Yeah. And I just think there is really no way around that. Yeah. The frequency with which people attend church is so much differently. I mean, even before we started recording, I was joking about uh, before people used to go to church one out of seven days. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're lucky if it's one out of seven weeks. Yeah. And it's just, it's not really something that even as you draw it to people's attention, mm-hmm. you don't even see their eyes get big as like, oh, wow. It's sort of like, and, mm-hmm. you know, like there's not this like connection toward, as a matter of fact, sometimes you even have to like convince people that anything's different, that they used to come more frequently than yeah. that. Um, and so I think that there is just been a huge shift in the way that people interact with their time. I think the reality is, uh, you know, you think about all the books on habit and how long it takes mm-hmm. to make and break and all mm-hmm. of those kind of things. And while we had to be online only and while most every church had to do it, um, a lot of habits changed totally, and did. people interacted differently. And now they recognize that the reality is even if they're not there, they have the ability to grab the content from your podcast, from your mm-hmm. website. Maybe you're still streaming all of those types of things. And even, you know, we stopped streaming quite a while ago to kind of help uh, remind people to return. And that didn't, accomplish what we were hoping really. And so, yeah, I just think that in reality, people have decided that it's not like on the priority list. It just doesn't hold the same place it used to. Yeah. And I mean, that decision was largely fueled by me and it like my, my rationale was like, I'm not going to empower people to not be a part of a flesh and blood church, which after a while it did very much start to feel like that. We're making it easier for people to just stay home, to just go hiking, to just go camping, to just go do anything other than actually come and physically participate with a community of people. And make no mistake. I mean, we were mobile, so it was very complicated, but mobile or not, um, it's a lot more work for the people of your church to yeah. figure out how to capture it in a way that provides you some sort of content later on. Yeah. It's much easier if everyone just shows up and participates in the moment. Yeah. You were talking about behavior change. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about like just reviewing this like complicated set of seasons that we went, that not just us, but like everybody went through. Like if you think about there was the season where it was essentially a forced 
lockdown. You mm-hmm. can't meet in person. Yep. So your only option was maybe to watch it on YouTube. Yep. But then we like came back and then it was like you had some people didn't come back when we because they didn't feel safe or comfortable or they were immune compromised or whatever. So there was that season where there mm-hmm. was just some people that were like, I'm going to, but I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that were like pissed because you didn't have a mask policy or you mm-hmm. did have a mask policy and we're going to wait for that to live. Like there was just all of these. It wasn't even just like one thing. There was just like wave after wave after wave of just these different seasons that if we really believe that after what essentially ended up being two years of that, everything's just going to magically go back to the way that it was like that significantly altered the way that people functioned in the world. Absolutely. Including the way they relate with church. Sure. So as a result, we have this thing where people are just putting less of a priority on it because yeah. that's the new behavior. <clears throat> no way around that cough. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. So the second one is uh, <clears throat> the load is and has been now carried by a very tired minority of people. Mm. And I want to hear you talk about this because you just did something <laughs> interesting the other day where you ran the numbers of people in our church and the number of times that they've served yeah. over the last few years. And it was, at least for me, and I think it was for you too, and I'm pretty sure it was for them as they learned those numbers. Yeah. It's pretty staggering. Yeah. And and I would even say, probably comparative to some churches, <clears throat> we have always had a pretty high number, like a high percentage of participation in yeah, some way. Absolutely. But what was interesting is seeing how, even with that, it still is really a few people doing about 90% of the work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, using the planning center services tool, I was just because I was curious, you know, like, and so I just went through kind of our list of everyone in there and just scrolled through and it just kind of shows you how many times people have been scheduled since they've been in the tool. And I mean, we had people that uh, one one girl in particular, and the reason that that she keeps coming to mind is that to serve in the kids ministry, you actually miss church. We don't have multiple services. And so you miss church. And in the last couple of years, uh, as a single woman who does not have children, herself. She has missed church and taken care of people's kids 55 times. Yeah. And I think uh, we've got other people 45 times. We've got people 65 times. And we've got people who've been a part of the team from the beginning um, over 200 times serving right. on Sunday mornings, serving, you know, by uh, a lot of them were our band members serving every single week, doing rehearsal, not one all of, them of that paid, kind of stuff. By the no, way. not one of them paid anything. Right. Um, and I think uh, just the reality that um, those people are really tired, yeah, just really tired, and and I think that uh, even looking at one of the one of the kind of crisis points that put us into really evaluating and making the decision to transition to Formation Church from Ridgeline was just looking at even the block offs for the summer mm-hmm. and the number of people who just blocked off the whole summer, and again, not <laughs> yeah. in a real, uh, I wasn't doing it in like a mafia esque way, but just like engaging people. Hey, so I was looking at that. I saw you blocked off the summer. Like, oh man just a busy summer. I'm just not sure. And then, you know, when I'm here, I just want to attend. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Me too. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and and just trying to help our people understand even through the training process that like, this is, this is a family, it's a body, it's a we. And so if, if it's not going to be a we, Mm -hmm. then we just, we can't do this. Yeah. The few of us that have been doing it are too tired to continue 
basically doing what feels like dragging a boulder uphill. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's very much what it has felt like. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think the constant like begging and pleading mm-hmm. and and can you and will you and when can you and all of that kind of stuff and chasing people down, I just think um, is something that um, again, especially with people and their attendance, and then you know that idea of just like needing to take a break mm-hmm. and all of that. I think the reality is, you know, as I looked at the people on that list, we've never gotten that from mm-hmm. those people, right? And really, <laughs> we should start at the top of that list yeah. and start breaking those people yeah. before we literally break those people, right? Yeah, it, I mean, it's been interesting, you know. So as we mentioned, and we'll talk more about in the coming weeks. We, for the last now about month and a half, we've been doing these core group trainings, Mm -hmm. but not on Sunday morning. We do them on Sunday afternoon from four to five 30. Yep. And, um, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to feel to me to like do the afternoon thing. I, I tend to be like, I feel like my prime is between like nine and 11 Mm AM outside of that. I feel useless. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how that would feel, how that would go. There were even people when we pitched the idea that were like not excited about that. But it's been fascinating to see how much the afternoon thing has resonated with even some of those people that were real skeptical about whether or not that was going to be a fit. Sure. And one of the things that we have said is, you just said a few minutes ago, like everything's on the table. Well, one yeah. of the things on the table is, do we continue to worship in the afternoon together? Yeah. And and I think it's been interesting from that group of people, especially that has been like busting their hump for the last four and a half years, serving some of them hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. They're like... I mean, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday that was like, I don't know if I can go back to mornings. Yeah. Like it just, I could see this like PTSD come over her as she thought about unloading the trailer and being there and, you know, early in the morning and, and it is just, but, but again, that is symptomatic of just how dog tired some, this small minority of people who have done the vast majority of the work truly are. Yep. And I, my guess would be if any, leader listening were to survey their own ministry, you're going to find the same thing. Yeah. And I think the reality is maybe you don't, maybe you're not in a mobile environment. Maybe you don't set up and tear down, but then, and maybe you're even in an environment or have the luxury to pay a lot of people to Mm -hmm. do a lot of this. I guarantee then you and your staff Mm -hmm. are that tired. Right. Yeah. The money doesn't take away the fatigue. No. That's a myth. Like For sure. Like you can pay people as much as you want. People (laughs) still get tired. So... All right, here's the last one. Um, and this this is this was a massive motivating factor, I can say for me especially. There was this incredible dissonance between who we are now mm-hmm. and who we set out to be four or five years ago. Yeah. And I guess I would say this this is probably much more um, distinct and urgent for us because of the state that we were in when we started here. You know, we were so beat up, so worn out from like an abusive, traumatic ministry season that we came here and we didn't really have a clear sense of who we wanted to be. We just knew like, I can't do that anymore. And that is not a super compelling vision (laughs) like it. And and so we just like, I would say like, we just wanted to be a healthy church, which is good and Mm. necessary, but not, not really like a, a real compelling, give your whole life. Like we just want to be a healthy church. And so over the last year in particular, 
we've just so focused and honed in on who God has created us to be that it was such a difference that we really felt like it was important to um, just fully align ourselves around what actually is. And my guess would be that I, my argument would be, while it may not be as as distinct and and as much as what ours has been, no church that went into COVID together came out of it the same. No, just none of them. Yeah. Like as as everything People we've been talking changed. about. Like yeah. though, in a in a sense, this last one is a summary of the first two. Like there has just been significant change. Yeah. Yeah, I think people like people and their priorities and their their values, values have yep. changed. And then let's be honest, the faces in the seats have totally. changed. Yeah. They just have. Yeah. I mean, even uh, in our core group time, I've been shocked. We've had like new people every week and you think you're coming to this, huh? Yeah. All right. Good for you. But all that to say people have uh changed and mm-hmm. and your churches have changed and so it's time to understand and time to take a really hard look at do the things that you value again mm-hmm. not the truths of scripture but the other things mm-hmm. and the way that you do ministry and the things that you're passionate about and the vision and the values and all the stuff we're mm-hmm. going to talk about in the upcoming weeks do they align with the church that you need to be today mm-hmm. not the church that you've been since 1864 when mm-hmm. you know somebody's great 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 grand grandpa laid the first brick, right. but today for yeah. who God's called you to be and you to pastor and you to become. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. So I think the way that I would summarize kind of where, where we're headed and, and just would encourage um, other ministry leaders to, to think like you may not, you, there's a very good possibility. You're not in the same position we are where you need to tear down to the studs. Yeah. And maybe you do yeah. like you might be here. I, I would say there's a higher likelihood if your church is in the same age range as ours, mm-hmm. the like four to five years old. So you were probably only a year to maybe two and a half years old when COVID hit there is a very good possibility sure. you should be thinking at least in radical terms, like it should be on the table yeah. that you should like be willing to acknowledge that. Yep. But maybe there just needs to be a really intentional, significant refresh. Maybe it is in name. Maybe it is in language. You know, maybe you need to take what we're doing as a core group and you need to think through like, maybe I need to do a really extended thorough sermon series where sure. we're going to really realign as a church around this thing. Sure. But what I can commit, is while you may not need to, to to take the exact same path that we are, some form of what do we, how do we need to re- reset is absolutely a question that everyone needs to be looking at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm excited about in these upcoming weeks is that we're going to just go week by week over the topics that we've chosen and kind of dive into um, just what we've done and why and kind of the feedback that we've gotten from the people and some of the things that we've learned. And so hopefully that can be helpful in some way, shape or form to whatever model you decide to adopt that's best for your church. And so next week, if you're wondering where we're going to start, we started with our name. Mm-hmm. and why we chose the name Formation Church, um, because it is really significant to us. And so we will be back next week to talk mm-hmm. about that. Uh, but in the meantime, we just want to thank you again for sticking with us through the inconsistent posting over the course of this summer. We are uh, back to precedented times for yeah. us, back to some As regular. I look at the calendar, I don't see 
another anticipated. I mean, they'll be them. Yeah. Weeks that we can't record, but, but nothing, I don't see one. Nothing crazy. So over the great. next few months. So it will be good. But in the meantime, please do make sure you stay connected to us on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H U G U L E Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D R E W I T Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.